Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we are back on the Believe Podcast Network talking a little USC hoops. This is Chris Penrose. Thanks for joining me. Uh, really excited. SC is undefeated in Pac-12 play. Also undefeated in 2019. But we're talking about the Pac-12 conference season opener against Cal Bears. Uh, <laughs> a couple of crazy things happened. Uh, first of all, we had another injury. I guess at this point, it's not really crazy. It's almost expected. Poor Andy Enfield and his coaching staff just can't quite catch a break when it comes to uh, trying to keep this team healthy. Elijah Weaver, who has had some ankle issues, as you remember in the beginning of the season, he uh, he sprained his ankle pretty badly, had to have some surgery, and uh, uh, was out first uh, first like five or six games of the season. Uh, Enfield had a walkthrough uh, before the Cal game, made sure no one was going full speed, maybe a little bit of light jogging, just wanted to make sure there were no injuries, and of course, what happens? There's an injury. Elijah Weaver accidentally steps on someone's foot, rolls his ankle. He's out for the game against Cal. So eight scholarship players now shrinks to seven scholarship players available for the game against Cal. Luckily for USC, they were playing against a very bad Cal team. And with all that said, SC ended up getting a win, uh, 82-73, to on Thursday night. Pretty crazy when you look at the minutes played. Nikola Rukosevic, 39 of 40 minutes. Benny Boatwright, 36 of 40 minutes. Derek Thornton, 37 of 40 minutes. Jonah Matthews played the entire game. So when SC was only up, 37 to 33 at halftime after playing a pretty decent first half, I was a little worried. I was worried that legs were going to get tired in the second half. They probably weren't going to come out very strong. That's been one of the issues with this team this year is the first three or four minutes of the second half. I was a little worried, but it was really interesting. Cal went to a zone in the second half. They went to a 2-3 zone. And the middle, they left the middle wide open. Of the first 11 plays SC ran in the first, or excuse me, in the second half, they scored on seven of them. And five of those were basically the exact same play feeding the high post, dumping it into Rukosevic. Uh, Rukosevic had 11 points on the first 11 possessions for USC in the second half. It was pretty amazing. Very, very impressed with how Nick played. You look at his box score, he had a career high in points of 27 points, 8 rebounds, 12 of 14 from the field. He did get a stupid foul again, and this is my biggest problem with Rukosevic. You know, you got to love his fire and his intensity. I think that does help him as a player, but he had a really stupid flagrant foul. He was lucky it wasn't a flagrant two. You know, he got a technical the previous game. He's got to keep his emotions in check just a little bit. I mean, if this game's tighter or if it's against a much better team, especially towards the end of the Pac-12 season when I'm hoping USC's playing for something, Getting a flagrant or a technical, that's just, that that is a complete momentum killer. And it's a complete momentum swinger for the other team. So that's something he needs to kind of figure out. Uh, and I know Enfield has talked to him about that. Assistant coaches have talked to him about that quite a bit. 
but something something to keep an eye on as a, as a as a Pac-12 season progresses. It was amazing to me watching Cal on defense how they just made absolutely no adjustments in the second half. Thank God they played a zone because SC was able to carve that up. They got a big lead. They were at 15 with about six and a half, seven minutes to go. And thank God for that. Um, I, I thought that was one of Cal's biggest mistakes was not throwing more players at the Trojans, playing man, pressing the whole game, getting them tired. Because they only had seven, we only had seven scholarship players to play. I just, I just, I could not figure out for the life of me Cal's coaching strategy. And I would, I honestly would be shocked if their coach is around uh, for next season. But I think one of the biggest things of this game, let's talk about Derek Thornton, right? This is a kid who transferred from Duke after his freshman year. He started 20 games for Mike Krzyzewski, averaged seven points and three assists. And took his team to the Sweet 16. Helped take his team to the Sweet 16. Obviously, Brandon Ingram had a lot to do with that as well. But he was a really good player at Duke. Probably had a big future there. Um, and and decided to come back home to Los Angeles. Andy Enfield got him to come to USC. Redshirted. Uh, came in as a redshirt sophomore last year. Played behind Jordan McLaughlin. This was supposed to be his year where he could kind of show how he was a point guard. We've talked about it on this podcast. He has not played particularly well this season. Turnovers has have been a big problem for him. He has not been shooting the ball well. He had a monster game. And I'm really hoping that he can continue to build off this. And this is just level one for him as a player here at SC. Score, or he played in 37 minutes as discussed. Five of six from the free throw line. That's been a big issue that we're going to talk about in a little bit for SC. Free throws, 12 assists, no turnovers. In my opinion, biggest stat, no turnovers. I couldn't tell you how many point guards have had that many assists and have not turned the ball over. It's pretty incredible. And he ended with 13 points, uh, got seven rebounds, three boards away from a triple-double. Uh, really proud of Derek and, and his performance against against that Cal team last night. Undermanned. Um, you know, Cal did press him a little bit for him to not turn the ball over at all when he was basically the only point guard on the floor the entire night is pretty spectacular. So really excited for him and hope he can just continue to build off that momentum, uh, and take that into the game against Stanford on Sunday. With regards to Victor and Duran coming off the bench, I thought both gave decent minutes, poor Victor at the free throw line. We really need to figure that out. 104 is just not going to do it. Uh, Teams are just going to continue to foul him and put him on the free throw line. I really liked Jerron's energy off the bench. I thought he played. I thought he played a lot better than Victor. Uh, Obviously, the minutes show that Coach Enfield felt more comfortable with Jerron in the game. He got 18 minutes. Victor got six. Uh, Jerron shot the ball actually pretty well. Three seven from the field. Took a couple threes. Both threes looked good, but they didn't go in. I know uh, he shot one three pretty quickly against Calzone in the uh, in the second half. Coach Enfield did not like that at all. Pulled him out pretty quickly. Uh, but he gave a lot of good energy. Got some rebounds. He had two assists. Uh, ran the floor well. Got a really nice bucket uh, off a of fast break. Ended with six points. He's going to have to continue to give good energy and good minutes 
over the next couple games until SC figures out how to get healthy. He's going to be a big, big part of this. Jordan Usher leaving really, really hurts this team, not only in terms of depth, but in terms of kind of uh, an emotional leadership on this team. I actually thought Derek took that over pretty well. He was much more vocal and animated. Uh, Jerron coming off the bench could be a guy that, you know, can slap the floor, clap his hands on defense, get the team motivated, uh, because that's not really going to come from Benny or Jonah or Shaquan. Uh, Those guys are kind of, you know, the quiet assassins who just don't really show a whole lot of emotion, uh, aren't really yelling at, at, you know, trying to get people motivated. So that's going to have to come from somewhere else. Uh, And it's always good to have someone off the bench who could bring that fire. When I was, uh, when I was a senior and, and that's, so that was the 2006, 2007 season, uh, Daniel Hackett was definitely one of those guys uh, who was a vocal leader. He came off the bench. He also started a bunch of games, but he was a guy who could come off the bench and provide a lot of emotional leadership and fire um, that really helped spark the team. But watching this game, I'm, I'm not quite sure if it's as much of a gritty, hard-fought team win for USC as much as it was, this is a bad Cal team. I'm really interested to see how this team's going to respond uh, from this game when they face Stanford because Stanford's going to be very well coached. They're going to run their offense. They're going to get in a stance and play man defense. I'd be shocked if Stanford didn't start pressing right out of the gate and try to really tire out our guards. Just really put a lot of pressure on Derek and Jonah right at the tip and try to tire them out early, especially since they both played. I mean, Jonah played the whole game. Derek played 95% of the game. I'd try to get into them right away and try to tire them out. Stanford's coming off a, a pretty bad loss to UCLA with the with their interim head coach at the helm. You know, that might have actually sparked UCLA because they actually played pretty darn well. And UCLA beat Stanford 92-70, to really took over in the second half, outscoring Stanford 54-38. to uh, Stanford just did not look ready to play in that second half. But let's take a look, uh, look into this game, USC-Stanford Sunday night. If you recall, the game at Stanford last year was a pretty incredible game. SC was up about 15 points with, uh, with about 13 minutes to go. Stanford came back, tied the game. Jordan McLaughlin, uh, with about one second left, made a layup. We all thought SC was going to win. Then Dejon Davis catches the ball, throws it up at half court, and it goes in. Stanford wins by one. Pretty incredible finish. That was that was a that was a heartbreaker for the Trojans. I think we're we're still going to be a little frustrated and angry about that one. Although SC did get the revenge at home against Stanford last year. This one always is a bit of a rivalry. I, I love the, the Bay Area weekend of basketball. I love playing against Cal and Stanford. We always had a bunch of really good battles with them. I also feel like the alumni usually come out for those games. There's always a bit of a, there's a little bit of a rivalry there, especially with Stanford since SC and Stanford are the only two private schools in the Pac-12, I always felt like there was a little bit of, uh, of extra animosity between the two schools whenever we played. 
and then it's always fun. You know, you have a lot of Trojans in the Bay Area and a lot of uh, Cal and Stanford people in Southern California. And it's just a fun little rivalry with both schools. But uh, I think this is going to be a tough test for SC. Stanford's really led by their two guards, uh, KZ Akpala and Dejan Davis. Dejan Davis was the guy who hit the, uh, the half-court shot uh, to beat SC last year. Both younger guys, uh, KZ has really been their their engine to this train this year. Uh, he's been averaging about 17 points uh, and six rebounds. Very versatile player, can shoot the three, really good off the dribble, has a great medium-range jump shot, uh, and can also finish at the rim really well. Dejan Davis is really their, their point guard. He has the most assists on the team. He's averaging just under four assists a game. Those two guys are, are going to have to be stopped in order for SC to take control of this game. Uh, other than that, their big guys, uh, De Silva and Sharma, in my opinion, are okay. They're not great. Um, I think SC should be able to pound those guys down low. I think Rakosevich could have Another really good game. I think Benny Boatwright's going to have matchup problems in terms of Stanford matching up poorly with him. Uh, if you watch the Cal game, Benny played really well with his back to the basket, had a couple really good uh, turnaround jump shots, was able to take Cal to the hole, uh, have some nice pull-up, medium-range jump shots in the paint. He's going to have to do that again to get Stanford, and I think he will. I think he'll be able to, to play off their defense pretty well. Um, if I'm Stanford, I'm doubling Benny. I'm making him kick it back out and hoping that SC has an off-night shooting. But a couple things that, that will worry me and the things that I'm going to be looking out for for this Stanford game, I think number one is going to be the tired legs for the Trojans, especially in the front, in the, excuse me, in the, the backcourt with their guards. But really the play is Shaquan Aaron. He's been very, very up and down lately. And... In the Cal game, it was interesting. As the game was going to the final media timeout, SC was up, I think, 11. He had a chance to make two free throws to extend the lead, missed them both. On defense, he blew his defensive assignment on the zone, gave up a wide-open three, and then came down and airballed a three-point shot that was probably a poor shot for him to take. And Cal really had momentum going into the last media timeout, and the lead was cut to about seven. Now, Shaq did make a huge, a huge three to help extend the lead and to really, in my opinion, once he hit that three, SC had firm control of the game. Uh, but he's going to have to be more consistent, not only offensively, but defensively. He's a big part of this team. And if he's not playing well, and that's going to mean that he comes out and Victor or uh, Jerron have to come in in his place, that really concerns me, especially Stanford is more, they're deeper, they have better guards, they have they can roll in more fresh legs. That's that's a big concern for me. So Shaquan's really going to have to continue to step up. And then free throws. I don't know what the heck is going on with SC and their free throw shooting, but they have been, they've been pretty poor. And against Cal, they went 15 of 26. Are you kidding me? 15 of 26, 57%. That's that's horrible. That that just cannot that cannot happen. Absolutely cannot happen. To leave 11 points at the free throw line, that you're going to lose a lot of games if you do that. So that's something that needs to get corrected 
right away. So that's kind of it. I'm really hoping Elijah Weaver can come back and play for Stanford um, or play against Stanford. I'm really hoping Kevin Porter Jr. will play this year. <laughs> uh, and then Charles O'Bannon Jr., you know, I think it's only a matter of time before either he plays or it makes sense for him to maybe redshirt. I mean, this season he hasn't played at all. I, I mean, I hate to say that because SC is going to need some depth. Uh, and he's a player that I thought it was much, much improved from his freshman year from what I saw in practice. And he would help the Trojans out a lot. But at some point, if you're a coach, you got to think, hey, uh, is it is it the right move uh, to redshirt this guy and, and keep this extra year of eligibility? So that's it. Uh, Stanford, Sunday night at the Galen Center. Come on out. Support the Trojans. Hopefully they can go 2-0. and in conference and stay undefeated in 2019. So that's it for me uh, here on Believe, Los Angeles' number one podcast network. I'm Chris Penrose. If you like us, and I hope you do, uh, please subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And uh, we'll talk after the Stanford game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.